a bag, a book, and a bottle. Three everyday things found in most of our homes, but also found in the Word of God. Job in chapter 14 and verse 17 speaks about a bag. The psalmist in Psalm 56 and verse 8 speaks about a bottle. And the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 3 speaks about a book. In Job, we have a, we have a bag for our sins. All our transgressions, all our iniquities, and all our sins are sealed up and sewed up according to that verse in a bag. In olden days, kings stored their very precious belongings in a bag that was sealed and stamped with the king's seal and woe betide any man or woman who would tamper or tinker with it. But that's not all. Listen to what Micah says in chapter 7 and verse 19 of his prophecy. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, who passeth by our transgressions, and who casts all our sins into the depths, and there's an S on that, into the depths of the sea? I was doing some research this afternoon and I discovered that the deepest part of any ocean in the world is in the West Pacific in a place called Guam. 36,000 feet deep. You can put Mount Everest into it and you'd have to go down 7,000 feet to reach the top of the mountain. It boggles my mind to think and it blesses my soul to know that the moment we come as a sinner to Jesus in repentance, in confession, that metaphorically our sins are cast in to the sea and into the depths of the sea and they're sealed by the eternal word of God, and they're sewn up and smattered with the blood of Christ, never to be remembered no more. In the Old Testament economy, the, uh, the high priest laid his hand once a year upon the scapegoat. That scapegoat was taken away into the hills, away far away and let go transferring metaphorically the sins of the people. But they had to do the same every year and year after year and year after, the, after year because the blood of bulls and goats and calves and heifers could never take away your sin. But the writer to the Hebrews says, when this man, Jesus Christ, died on the cross of Calvary and cried, finished, Redemption's price was paid once and for all and forever and never had to be offered again. There had to be no continual coming year after year. Praise God 
wonderful to know that. It's wonderful to know, my dear friend, that all our sins and iniquities are gone. I live in the good of that every day. I praise God for that every day because I know it in my heart and I feel it in my soul that the Word of God is true. You know, in the old uh, economy there, there was in the temple there, there was basins and there was buckets. There was curtains and there was cords and there was coverings, but there was no seat. There was nowhere for the priest to sit down because the work was never finished. My dear friend, we don't have to offer up the Mass every Sunday. We don't have to have a sacrifice for sins every Sunday. This man, the Lord Jesus Christ, paid the price once for all and forever. My sins are gone and forgiven and never remembered no more again. Jeremiah backs all that up by saying, I will forgive their iniquities and their sins will I remember no more. Hallelujah. The devil may accuse you and the world may attack you and the flesh may annoy you. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Against us. Someone said to Martin Luther on one occasion, the Roman Catholic monk who harbored in the Reformation, someone said to him, do you feel that your sins are forgiven? And he penned these words after, feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. There's not as worth believing. You believe that, my friend, tonight and today, and don't let the devil annoy you over past sins and things that have happened in years gone by because God not only forgives and he forgets, and you live in the good of sins forgiven. So there's a bag for our sins, and then there's a bottle for our tears. David in Psalm 56 and verse 8 says this, Put thou my tears into thy bottle. So not only are our sins in his bag, but our tears are in his bottle. David wrote that Psalm 56 in his wandering days, days when he was backslidden, days when he had got away from God, days when he had been places that he should have been and said things that he shouldn't have said and, and done things that he shouldn't have done. In many days he wept. He wept. And can I say to you just now that the way of the transgressors are hard and it's very hard to get back. It's very hard for the backslider to get back. And maybe I'm speaking to someone and you used to run well with the Lord but today finds you far, far away and you've got involved in so much stuff that you never even thought or imagined yourself that you would. There's a way back, but it's hard. It's hard to get back. And the only way back, my dear friend, is through repentance and through tears and through sorrow before God and broken before God. And when he sees that brokenness and he hears that cry and he sees those tears, he'll put them into the bottle and he'll set you free again. 
In the ancient days, uh, it was a custom when people were bereaved and sorrowful that their tears would be put into a bottle and put into the tomb along with them. And often there were times when that bottle was found and an explanatory note inside it stating why the tears were shed. And I can tell you that there are many bottles with tears across the land of Ireland tonight. Many weeping people tonight, many sorrowful people tonight in these last days in which we live in. Maybe I'm speaking just now to an old mother and you're old and grey-headed and the journey's nearly done. And like David of old again, you sometimes have wept until you can weep no more. Can I say to you that you must dry your tears? You must dry your tears and you must not let the enemy attack you about things in the past. Weeping may endure for a night, remember, but joy cometh in the morning and there's coming a day when God shall wipe away all tears from off her eyes. Oh, dear mother, Lift up your head and look up, for your Redeemer draweth nigh. Maybe there's someone listening or watching me this evening and you're weeping over your health. Maybe you've received bad news today from that scan. The diagnosis is not good. But I want to say to you, I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, in 2 Kings 20, we read these words. God says, I heard thy prayers, I have seen thy tears, and behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Take time sometime and scroll through the lifeboat messages, and you'll find there, I'm not just sure of the date, but you'll find there, there was four ladies testified from this pulpit, all healed by God from cancer. You listen to those. You take comfort from those. And all four of them are rejoicing in the Lord, being healed by the touch of God. God can heal your mother. He can heal the father. He can heal the young boy. He is able. God is able. I am the Lord that healeth. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Maybe there's someone and you're weeping just now over your children. In Psalm 128, we read those words. I want you to take comfort from these words. It's not all gloom and doom. It's not all despair. Listen, there is hope. Thank God there is hope. Thank God there's praying people, praying for the families, praying for the children. Listen to what Psalm 128 says. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy children will be like olive trees round about the table. Listen, the Lord will look after your children. You come to the Lord yourself, mother and father, and commit your wee family unto the Lord, and he will look after them. There's many parents today, and they're bewildered, and they're shocked with what their children have been taught in the schools. Uh, this uh, woke ideology and immorality that's going around it's beyond belief almost. 
But my dear friend, you listen, you commit your children to the Lord. And that's why we here at the Lightboat are commencing a school to educate and to teach the children on the things of God. Hopefully it will be opened, and indeed it will be opened in 2024. You pray that we might teach the children the, the way of the Lord and the ways of God in the school. Maybe there's someone here and finances is a problem. And probably you've wept over that. Christmas is over and things are tight. And you're facing a new year and, and uh, you're going to get it hard to make may ends meet. But remember again, I encourage you, remember again, we need to lift up our heads. Remember again, we need to take hold of the Lord. God says, my God, the word says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. He that numbereth the hairs on her head, he that goes to the funeral of every sparrow, my friend, he knows your down-sittings and he knows your thoughts afar off. He knows where you are. And he says, blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You'd be better coming to the Lord you know, and seeking him while he may be found. Maybe there's someone here just now and you're weeping over your sin. And as you look back in the past year and you think of the things that you've done and you think of the things that you've said, oh, listen, 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 there's a remedy. There's a remedy. Genuine, honest repentance towards God and he'll take your sin far away. You'd be better to weep now over your sin than to end up like Esau where he wept and could find no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears, wept his way into hell. Oh, my dear friend, come now and repent of your sin. So there's a bag for sin. There's a bottle for tears. And there's a book for her name. Paul writing to the church at Philippi in chapter 4 and verse 3, writing to believers, he says, whose names are in the book of life. Not only when we come in repentance are our sins and iniquities cast into and transgressions cast into a bag and our tears put into his bottle, but our names are put into the Lamb's book of life. Do you know that there's a scribe in heaven with a parchment and with a pen and he's waiting for you to repent? He's waiting on you to to come through the work of the cross and come to Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's waiting to hear that cry from you. And when he hears that genuine cry from your heart, that, that scribe will pen your name in the pages. As we sing sometimes, is your name written there in the pages white and fair? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You see, we go where our name is. If you book in your car down at the ferry there, you'll give them the particulars and the numbers and all the rest of it. And when you go down there, you'll have to go. Your name will be put up on that computer. You'll go where your name's there. You'll not get in if your name's not there. My dear friend, unless you come to Christ, your name will not be in this book. It doesn't matter where else your name is. 
Your name could be on the church roll. It could be on the communion roll. It could be on the confirmation roll. It could be on the roll of the boys' brigade or the girls' brigade. Could be on the roll of the orange or the black or the Masonic or the GEA. Could be on any roll. As Ivan Thompson used to say, even on a sausage roll. My friend, it doesn't matter if, not, if your name's not written in heaven. If your name's not in the Lamb's book of life. We sing sometimes here, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Will you be there? Are you sure you'll be there? Have you genuinely repented? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you come to Christ? Have you come to the cross? Have you seen him there? Stretched his hand, stretched out, nailed to that cross, stripped naked for our sins. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Seek ye him with all your heart and you'll find him this day. And there's no doubt about that, my friend. He's as good as his word. He's as good as his word. Your name needs to be written in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. And that moment, that moment, that cry goes up to heaven. The angels not only will rejoice, but your name will be written. Your name will be written there. And forever you shall go to be with the Lord and enjoy the glories of heaven. I want to finish with this illustration. One Sunday night in the heights of the trouble here in the north, a police Christian inspector led a Christian police association meeting in the town of Lurgan. After hearing testimonies and singing and preaching, he closed the meeting with that great hymn of Mrs. Brack's Face to face with Christ my Saviour, face to face what will it be when in rapture I behold him far beyond the starry sky. He closed the book and closed the meeting and went home. The next morning, fairly early, he came down to the barrier that his officers were checking the cars going into the town. And as he stood talking to one of them, two gunmen rushed out from the side of that meeting place and shot him on the street, shot him in the head and left him dying. As far as I can remember, at his funeral we sang that hymn, Face to Face with Christ my Saviour, Face to Face. And what a day that will be, my friend, when we see Jesus in all his glory, in all his, his power, in all his majesty, and all his might. Can you say it today as we close this service that you're going to see him, that you're going to be face to face with him one day in heaven and for all eternity that thou shalt be there. Thank you for listening and God bless you.